All right, boss, what are we doing today? Hello and welcome to Messages and Methods. I'm your host, Shelly Carney. Today we have an amazing interview with one of our bestest, long-timiest friends. <laughs> and uh, we're really excited to learn more about her business and how she's pivoted over the last year. And she's an expert in digital marketing. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a good conversation. My name is Toby Yunus. I'm the person behind this magical technology. Uh, so if everything goes well, I'd like to take credit for it. If it doesn't go well, <laughs> fine. It gets to the end. <laughs> For some reason, I, I keep using that as an excuse to upgrade my computer just to buy another toy um, because we've noticed that recently. But when it plays out, uh, it actually does fine. It's yeah. just that it appears weird. Yeah. That's the great uh, beauty of StreamYard is, you know, even if we see boo-boos going on, they don't show up to everybody else. So it's mm. strange. We didn't have a boo-boo. <laughs> Uh, so today we have a very special guest. Her name is DJ Heckes. She comes to us as the CEO of Exhibit Visual Concepts. And this is an amazing business that she created all by herself and grew and grew and grew over the years. And we've been working with her over the years on one of her project, uh, projects, which is a live B2B, which is business to business expo. And we've worked with her on that uh -huh. in the past. And yeah. she is also uh, an author of two books, Full Brain Marketing for the Small Business, uh, which is merging traditional, digital and social media, which is awesome because that's kind of what we're centered on today. And she also wrote Noise Behind Business. And she'll give us a brief uh, update on what those books are about as well as telling us about her many trade show products and uh, how she's pivoted over the last year. So welcome, DJ. And could you start by just telling us how you got started in your business? Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me on your show, both of you. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. I got started, gosh, I, I have a passion for interior decorating, and that's like a passion I've always had. And I kind of came from a legal background where I was a nationally certified paralegal for 15 years, but I was stuck in my career. And this job, selling exhibits in the very beginning, was only selling exhibits, fell in my lap. Well, I didn't even know what a trade show was or even graphics or an exhibit. It's like, what's a trade show? So I learned it and I embraced it. And within two months, I actually got salesperson of the month in a whole national company. So to make a long story short, I started off in my house raising three kids and I just fell in love with this industry. It's a niche industry, but events and trade shows for face-to-face -face marketing will never go away. Never, you say. <laughs> yeah, even though it's hybrid, so it will never go away. Here we've yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny how we had those kinds of perceptions of longevity for all the fields that we were in 
it's never going to change. It'll always be the same. It'll never yeah. go away. So uh, tell us a little more. So I got started and I spent five years working for a company based out of Seattle. And being the entrepreneur spirit that I am, I always believed in I'd own my own business. So I remember telling my husband, you know what, by this X mile marker birthday date, which I won't say what year, I will either be a business owner or I'm just going to quit working and be a volunteer for life. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, my entrepreneur's entrepreneur spirit said, own your own business. So I opened up, I did a logo design, opened up my business, and I have never looked back. That was on February 11th, 2000, almost 22 years this coming February will start. That's amazing that I'm still in the same industry. And yes, it's been hard over the last two years, almost, with uh, everything that's gone on with COVID. But you know, I'm like Lagatha in the Vikings. You you know, I just fight for my people and fight for my industry and fight for our customers because face-to-face marketing, it is how we grow our business, even though we've had to do it on Zoom and we've had to do a lot of different things, but my passion lies in helping businesses grow. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that because one of the questions we ask um, some of our guests is when they last had to pivot. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we've always recognized you as an immensely flexible uh, business professional. Uh, and I don't feel like there was a lot of pivoting. You just kind of grew as the industry grew. You expand as, as the opportunities were presented. But last year, and, and the reason this is all so familiar to us, is the three of us had a conversation about what was next after this pandemic. And yeah. you thought at that time you had uh, a couple of options, uh, one of which I don't think I cared for and I don't think you cared for and I don't <laughs> think Shelly cared for. Uh, so you had to consider other things. So there was a pivot. Tell us about uh, what it was. There's really three parts to the story. Okay. What made you realize it was necessary to pivot? How hard was it to make the decision? And what has happened since then? By the way, I would like to give you extra interview points for mentioning Lagartha of Vikings. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a history buff. Yeah, You know, Toby, I remember that conversation so well. That was probably at a point in my life where I'm thinking, gosh, I've been in business 20 years and my industry isn't looking like it's going to survive. And I remember one of the things I thought about is, do I just throw in the towel like 40% of my industry did, you know, Mm -hmm. at my size business, but you know, my conscience and my determination and my drive said, why you have withstood the, the dot-com crash, the nine 11 disaster, the six year recession. What's COVID? Yes, (laughs) it is serious, but why am I going to let COVID put me down? Now you do remember I did get COVID pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And I was hospitalized. And I think when I came out, it was shortly after that. I was still pretty sick. Not going to lie. COVID is nothing to mess with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in the hospital, very, very sick. And uh, still I'm on oxygen at night. But guess what? I am not a victim of mm-hmm. circumstance. But going back to that day, Toby, I decided about three weeks after that, you know, that was a humble because you're friends and I was honest. I thought, you know what? I saved two thirds of my staff, the entire part of COVID. Most people went down to themselves or one employee. Mm -hmm. And I knew that our industry was going to come back. I'm on the Exhibit Designers Producers Association Mm -hmm. National Board. 
And I wanted to be on that board because that's going to tell me historically where we've been and where we're going in the future. And we all saw it coming, hybrid events, which I know we're going to transition into. But I knew by March of 2022, there was an end to the means. So I had to ask myself the serious question, am I financially stable and can I carry two-thirds of my staff through the entire COVID without hurting myself so much that I can't come out on the other side. And we did. I'm really proud to announce on the pivoting that what we did was I took an opportunity to keep my staff busy. So during the COVID heavy duty months, besides the three months I was out really sick, we went full e-commerce. I did an entire company corporate rebranding and did a social media campaign. I took advantage because sometimes us as business owners, especially if you're in the service industry like me and products, you're always taking care of everybody else, but you kind of put yourself last on your marketing. And I realized I had been doing that because we were growing so much since 2012 that I didn't have time to do my own rebranding. So I took advantage. I did that. We moved, we took a new, brand new building and we're in it. And I love it because we're more national and I needed the storage space. But we also added hybrid and virtual events to our portfolio. And that's really what I did during the entire COVID process. So one of the things I remember especially liking was walking into your old facility and kind of navigating my way through all the examples of the work that you were doing for your clients, because I learned from that, you know, <laughs> uh, the trade show units that you were building for them that were ranged from the very simple to the very mm-hmm. complex. But now you've added something to the algorithm and you refer to it as there's, there's two things, hybrid and virtual. Yes. Tell our audience the difference between the real world of uh, a trade show exhibits and hybrid and virtual events. Great question. Well, you know, face-to-face, you only have about 3.8 seconds to catch the attention of your audience because you're in a big, massive you know, convention center hall or hotel. And what happens is as a person walks down the aisle, they're looking to the left, they're looking to the right. How do you grab their attention? Well, it used to be a lot easier than it is now. As each generation gets younger, the attention span needs to be a little bit more than static. Mm -hmm. So we'll start there. So face-to-face, I suggest if you're still doing face-to-face events, you incorporate some kind of gamification. You figure out a way to engage your audience. Maybe you're doing a Jenga game if you want to do simplicity. Something like that that really catches their attention with your graphics, a wow statement, and anything that's kinetic moving in your booth. That is the future also. Anything that's uh, digital. The second thing will go on to, let's go back to virtual. Virtual events have been around for a while, but of course, when COVID hit, we took everybody in the world and said, hey, if you want to meet your audience, you need to go online. Well, there were people, you know, boomers had a hard time. They weren't used Mm -hmm. to this. The neat thing is I've always considered myself to be a trendsetter or to be an industry leader in my industry for my size business. I knew I had to become the expert on virtual events overnight. So I did. I did a lot of research. I found some platforms that we're happy with. And we started hosting 
virtual events. We did a global UNM scaling with 16 countries on pitching three businesses. That was interesting to try to do all the time zones. So that was neat. But the thing about virtual that you have to understand is how do you keep people's attention when they're at work? And half the time they may be half, they may be half listening. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is you have to figure out engagement tools, just like you're at a trade show. You have to figure out how do you how do you get it where they can find people and you can set up little private meeting rooms and how do you keep them engaged? We had speed networking involved virtually. That was kind of cool where you had like four minutes and you're in a room just like you and one person. And then you're exchanging information and moving on and you get everything at the end. Well, that's the virtual events. Then you're taking the complexity of going hybrid. Hybrid brings it to a new ball field. I have some clients now that are actually going to some hybrid events too. That's where you have the exhibitors that say, we want face-to-face. We sell a widget. They need to touch it. It can't be done virtually. And we want to sell from the trade show floor. That's your in-person event. Then when they want to do the hybrid, we say, okay, let's have our video camera crew there. Let's figure out how we engage the people behind the computer and the exhibitor at the same time. Maybe there's educational talks. Maybe there's visiting with the booths. I love the little robots where you can walk up and you can network with each other on screen and in person and see people. Those Mm. are the things that are going to stay around for quite a while. Good. I'm happy to hear that because back in the early 2000s, I responded to an RFP with that kind of solution and they treated me like uh, I was crazy at the time. Uh, <laughs> but it was easy to see what was going to happen, not, not that a pandemic would cause it. Um, I did want to mention that you're right about the boomers. That's my age group. And in my career, I attended hundreds, if not thousands, of trade shows and conferences. And one of the objectives was the engagement, the physical engagement, mm-hmm. and handshaking and exchanging business cards. So it was probably upsetting to a lot of boomers. And maybe it's good that we've grown out of that uh, and we can look at other alternatives, Shelly. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about your book, Full Brain Marketing for the Small Business, Merging Traditional Digital and Wait. Traditional media. media. Right. I forgot the comma. Um, How did that, uh, writing that book and all of that knowledge that went into that, how did that help you during this time where you had to uh, move more boldly into the hybrid and virtual model? You know, I actually wrote that book a while ago. I need to update it. But I'll tell you how it did save me because when COVID hit, you know, you have to step back. You know, I'm also a certified SCORE mentor and mm-hmm. I, I mentor some businesses and they always come to me on marketing and sales. Well, here's the thing, Shelley. A lot of people think they need to start marketing right away, especially if they're a new business venture or maybe they're, they've are a mature business and they've been doing the same thing and they're in status quo. But sometimes you have to take baby eyes in your company and you have to step back and go, what are my goals and objectives? What do I want to market? And are you really ready on the infrastructure? Because I see a lot of small businesses, especially because they don't have the manpower or the owners are so pulled in so many different ways that they don't have time to focus. And what happens is if we don't look at how we're doing the inside of our business, it's like the justice scales. If you look at your operations and your standard operating procedures and in your people and your implementation of a product and how you develop it, you market it, you sell it, you deliver it. How is it all done? If you don't have that in balance, 
it's going to be difficult to start marketing because what I've seen is some companies start marketing, but they don't have the manpower, the resources or the systems in place Mm -hmm. when their business starts to grow. Right. So that's how the book helps. It Mm -hmm. teaches you the leadership, the operations. It talks about all that. You know, if you guys know me, I'm an avid reader. I've read some of the best authors in the in the world. And what I've done is I've taken everything that I've learned over 21 years in business and I put it out there in practical terms where you can open the book and read a chapter on one section and not feel like you have to read the whole book. You know, I even start at the beginning of the book, depending on what stage of business you're in, what chapters are going to be more important to you. Hmm. I do want to just for a moment, I'm going to share my screen uh, with the folks. So uh, we can show them that. Uh, insert. What, what would I do without you? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I'm here. Here to help. Uh, so I do want to point out, and I'll come back to the screen in just a minute. This is uh, uh, DJ's book on Amazon. You can get it in uh, Google, uh, I'm sorry, Kindle or audiobook. You can get a paperback, and it's all on Amazon. Full Brain Marketing, DJ Heckes. Heckes is spelled H-E-C-K-E-S. So, Yep, like heck yes without the Y. Right. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to go back to that period during the pandemic because I know you were not the only one in your organization to have contracted uh, COVID. There were other employees. Tell me about um, over that period of time that the pandemic struck your business to the point through your recovering from it, and then you're having to deal with how you were changing the business. What was it like dealing with the human resource component of that pivot? You know, I'll tell you one valuable thing I learned from it is I have an awesome team. You know, I knew I had good employees, but, you know, when you get to a situation where you're the leader, you're the navigator, and you're down and out for a certain period of time and your people can step up, and really take over, you know, you've done a good job. And I have to give kudos to my staff on that. So what happened, it was on June 24th. I remember the day well, because I like to problem solve and critical think and go, how did this happen to my company? We were doing all the cleansing, all the bacteria. We were safe. We were six feet apart. We had a 9,000 square foot building. We were just too isolated to where we shouldn't have caught it. But I do remember it did come in our doors. It was, um, we did appointment only. And I think someone had brought it in. It was on a Thursday. And by Monday, I had one employee come in. We didn't know, of course, it was COVID. He came in coughing and sneezing and he usually gets allergies. So I didn't think anything of it because we were so careful, right? So then day two, a second employee comes in, same Mm. symptoms. And I went, "Uh uh-oh, sent them both home. Well, then that night I got sick. Mm. And then within a week later, another one got sick. We had one employee out of the five of us back then when we downsized that did not contract it. So I had already pre-planned to go virtual. As you know, our state was one of the Uh strictest in the nation Uh and we shut down on March 23rd. This was June 24th. We were supposedly a non-essential business, even though, you know, we Uh sell to the federal government, but we decided to go remote. I'd already invested in all the VPN. Everybody was going remote. The one thing that wasn't perfect that I did learn, we went remote July 3rd. And, um, you know, I was out, I was out for at least three weeks in the hospital and all that. And I had a couple other employees that were down, but we always did a check-in call somehow every morning. And I remember how sick I was because even my staff, they were worried. 
they really were concerned because they've never seen me sick in 20 years Mm because I'm extra healthy. And the communication was difficult at first. I'm not going to lie. When you go from a fast-paced, face-to-face marketing company to where you take everything remote and you teach your team you know, we always had accountability. We always had great, you know, independent workers. But when you're remote and you don't have that collaborative environment again and everything's virtual, it was difficult. I remember the first three weeks, uh, it was hard to communicate and follow through. Mm-hmm. But then my staff clicked. And then I remember I had one employee that was unexpected. You know, she just stepped up. She saw it wasn't working and she saw how sick I was. And she just stepped up and started um you know, inspiring and motivating and getting the team connected in my place. And it really made me feel good that my company could go on. Then after we got better, that's when we were doing the website. We went on to the rebranding. We went on to the move. We actually moved here on May 1st of 2021. So really between May of last year and May of this year, there was a lot of change that went on in my business. But it was all for the good because, you know, sometimes when you're a mature business, you always need to look at how can you do things and think differently. You know, my why is there's got to be a better way. I love efficiency and I knew I had to make change. And that's what we did. We implemented change. Oh, and and I can attest to that uh, in the work that uh, Shelly and I have done for DJ in the past. It required us to be in her facility for sometimes days at a time. And I can tell you it's a very, it was, and I'm, I'm sure in a different way it is now, a very high energy uh, environment. Everybody was, you know, up and around and doing things and answering. It was really, uh, I, I always felt like we were interrupting the flow because we had to set up a, <laughs> a studio, but uh, but uh, sometimes I felt like we were interrupting, but it was very high energy. Shelly, go ahead. And while you're doing that, I'm going to set up her uh, website. Here. Well, one of the things that uh, you you may not know about DJ that uh, you would have to live in Albuquerque to know is that she has a huge number of contacts. People know her because she's been involved in so many different organizations. As she said, uh, she's a SCORE mentor. She was the head of the local chapter of NABO. Am I, am I getting that right or wrong? That's correct. Pa- I'm past president now. Yes. Right. Um, and uh, that's just a small uh, thing, you know, a small amount of things that she does. She uh, puts on Jingle Mingle every year. She has a B2B Expo every year. People know DJ. And she is also a connector. So she'll say, you need to know these people. These people need to know you. And she'll bring people together. And one of the ways that she's done that over the past year is to create a monthly mastermind uh, where we get together online and we network and we break off into uh, two different groups and we have speakers and it's an amazing amount of work. And she puts this on for free just to keep people connected. So um, talk about that, why you did it and what it's doing for you now. Well, when March, I call March 6th doomsday, that's when it hit my industry. I knew trade shows went null and void. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was the day. 
and I had just gotten back from Europe. It's interesting. February 19th, I came back from Euroshop, and that's a global trade show where I learn new things that are coming to the States. When I say I'm a trendsetter, mm -hmm. I do my research and my homework because the trade shows usually start in Europe and they start coming here on what's going to happen, just like fashion, right? So when I got back, I saw what was going to happen in the future. Everything was digital and virtual. I saw that coming. So on June 2nd was our first mastermind and you know having knowing a lot of great people that love to educate the public like you toby and shelly uh -huh. you know we've had you guys on mastermind and great job by the way and i believe i truly believe that people are starving for knowledge and if you can be that company that can provide that knowledge that really helps with your credibility with what you do and if i'm going to be known as that one degree connector or that company that truly cares about economic development for companies and my community i need to prove it right so we put on the masterminds we have two speakers every month if you want to sign up you can go to my website that's shown there and sign up for the newsletter we market the masterminds and in our newsletter twice a month and they're great ideas. Most of the topics are around marketing because to me, that's the most important part of your business besides the leadership. That's important too. So once in a while, we'll go off and we'll pivot to operations or systems or leadership. But I would say 80% of the content is marketing because marketing has changed and it's going to continue to change. And if you haven't embraced digital marketing yet, you better get your boots on because it's going to stay. Uh, it's not only going to stay, it's going to evolve. And we can mm -hmm. talk about that because it has evolved significantly in the last year. Uh, part of the reason that uh, uh, DJ and um, individuals and companies like hers can hold these mastermind groups is that because the video conferencing products have offered additional flexibility. And so the more you know how to use those products, like moving us from a main room to a secondary room for a different conversation or a different presentation, yeah. the more you know about that, the more useful it becomes in organizing the relationships between you and uh, your customers. Give me a second. I'm going to show you... Um, DJ's website, uh, and you will find her, I've posted it in the chat room at exib-it.com. Uh, and I, I've always been impressed with DJ's uh, website since the first time uh, I saw that she was, it was really funny because when I, uh, when I retired uh, back to New Mexico and I decided, well, I can't not be busy, I asked a friend of mine, who should I be talking to? <laughs> and they gave me three names, and one of them was DJ. DJ. <laughs> So, um, so I thought that was a kind of a neat thing to uh, find out, and uh, and we met back then and have been uh, working with one another since then. So, what do you think about the new logo? I uh, like it a lot. Uh, we we're going to be talking with Jeremiah tomorrow about how we turn that into an avatar, uh, which is a completely different animal. Yeah, uh, <laughs> has to capture kind of uh, do something a little bit different without losing its uh, the exhibit personality. But, you know, and I think we've had this conversation before, uh, everything that you've done in terms of presenting yourself online, whether it's and actually presenting yourself, whether it's a business card with your new logo or uh, your new website um, has always been. Uh, top notch, top shelf is how I like to refer to it. And I've actually used you as examples, used your website and your marketing materials as examples in presentations that I've given. So 
I probably should have told you about that before, but <laughs> you know, um, our our business cards have done some VR to them. Um, you can scan the code, and we actually do a 3D animation on it. Oh, cool! I don't know if wow. Jeremiah shared that with you, but that's something we've done, and we're hoping for our B2B event. We're going to take our fish aquarium backlit display mm -hmm. and turn it into a reality where you put where people can use the iPad and they can and Add their own little converse fishies. with the fish and learn education <laughs> things that's my next I'm sorry goal we can't show that on here. <laughs> it's actually a very cool display it is uh, because it started it actually started out live as a static display right yes. Yes. it was just a really good backlit static display and has evolved uh since then so yeah. Shelley? that's uh again i want to point out even if you're not in the market for trade show materials if you are an online marketer or an online business Get signed up with Exhibit and start attending these masterminds because it's yeah. amazing free training that uh, is is a really great way to meet other people and uh, to, to start doing business. Uh, get on board uh, with that. Um, and we're going to talk just a little more about the uh, the things that you've experienced over the years. You have always worked hard to be at the front, uh, at the leader in bringing things to your events. For instance, our when we were there, I don't know, 2014, 2015, we were doing live interviews. We were live yep. streaming and that wasn't done very much uh, at, at events like this. Uh, we also saw you start to use different kinds of apps and having um, uh, the big screen with all the things going on. Uh, that, you know, I mean, I haven't been to a whole lot of conferences. Yours, I've been to several because we were so, so involved yeah. with them. Thank you. This year, we're going to a conference next month in Scottsdale. Oh. And there is an app called Whova. And what we're doing oh. is we're getting signed up ahead of time. And we're yep. meeting these people now, virtually, yes. before we go there, so that we can actually do some business and collaboration once we arrive, rather than spending any time just getting to know each other, because we've already done that ahead of time. Yep. So there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot to know. So tell us just a little bit about what's really the most important thing to know about either putting on an event or attending an event right ah, now. Ah, okay. Well, let's divide that up because that's two different things. So mm -hmm. let's do the simple one, the attending the event. So I love how you're using the tool and, and we have another one that's similar but a little different and it does the same thing. If you have an opportunity to know who's going to that event, take advantage of it because right now we're in a disconnected world. People are getting frustrated. They're at their computers. They're probably having way too much commuter, computer time. I don't know about you all, but I am Zoomed out half the time. I probably do 18 meetings a week, and I would say at least nine of them are on Zoom. Mm -hmm. Because we're national and most of my people I'm talking on Zoom. Mm -hmm. So you get a little fatigued at the end of the day. So if you have that opportunity, get to know the people, set those appointments before. Because once that conference opens and when it goes the hybrid or the virtual, you don't have as much time. Mm -hmm. And you want to engage with them early so you can find out are they one of two, three, one of three things. Are they a future customer? Are they a future evangelist that you just become where you like each other on business and they just you know, talk about you mm -hmm. or are they a referral source? Just because someone's not your customer doesn't mean they're not a potential referral network for you. I truly believe not in the six degree, in the one degree networking, mm -hmm. just like LinkedIn. 
use those sources because that's how you connect with the buyers or your future customers. The second thing, when you're putting on a conference, we have put on the B2B Expo live 12 out of 13 years. We're going on our 14th year back to live next April. We did skip this year. Mm -hmm. Last year we went virtual and the numbers just weren't the same. And people weren't quite used to virtual. We were one of the first, you know, when everything was going kind of big. And to take a big expo where you have an exhibit hall, you have education and you have networking and you take it from a live event and you throw it on virtual to where your audience wasn't used to that because in New Mexico, you know, we didn't quite have a lot of virtual events back then. Mm -hmm. And I was probably one of the first ones last summer of 2020. So I suggest when you do plan an event, personal, if it's in-person, virtual, whatever, write a system first. I have a strategic plan for my event planning process. Let me tell you the why. I winged it for the first five years. And always something comes up that you just forget that you did the year before Mm. or that you should have gotten done in a timely manner becomes into a rush. Just like I tell my trade show exhibitors when they go to a conference, that checklist that we'll talk about at the end that's free, it has a timeline involved for when you exhibit in a trade show. I suggest if you're putting on the conference also, doesn't matter if it's a big conference and you're a nonprofit or or an organization and a membership, or if you're like me in the business community for economic development and you're putting on an expo, but make sure you understand the why you're putting on the event, what the mission is, what the value is, not only to your sponsors and your exhibitors, but to the attendees. And make sure you're doing your job to market that event because you can throw on an event and you can get all your exhibitors and attendees or whatever. But if they're not collaborating, connecting or understanding the why of the event, you may fail and you may waste a lot of money and make people unhappy. So those are my two bonus tips that I would say on either side as an attendee or as an exhibitor and as an event sponsor or putting on the event. So I'm going to, just for a moment, although it doesn't apply to this conversation, it does apply to something that Shelly said. I wanted to show this to everyone. This is the app that we were given to participate before the actual event takes place. The event is She Podcasts. It's uh, October 14th through the 17th in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. And they sent us a link uh, to this website so that we could start engaging with the other attendees beforehand. So uh, the point that I'm trying to make is if you get the opportunity to participate in an event and uh, they send you in advance of that event a link to a product like this, it doesn't necessarily have to be who va, which I still haven't figured out what it means. But, uh, but <laughs> I've used uh, that before. Take for one of my B2B. You have? Yeah. yeah. Take advantage of it. And because we're starting to engage uh, with the individuals that are attending. And today, uh, someone said, we need a photographer to take some full body shots. Is any, Would anybody like to volunteer? Well, <laughs> <laughs> So I should point out at at this point, I'm the only man, male, uh, at the event uh, because when I signed as an attendee, as an attendee, there are going to be trade show booths with with men. uh, But you know what, Toby, you're definitely going to stand out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and our objective, and this is another thing you have to consider when you do the IRL events, uh, our objective for the event is to collect at least uh, 10 interviews for future podcasts. 
So uh, give yourself an objective that helps you with your marketing as well. And I really like how your goal is spot on because I see a lot of exhibitors or they go to a conference and say, there's going to be, you know, 1,200 people there and I'm going to meet 500 people. Well, Mm. is that really a good goal or objective? No, it's not realistic. (laughs) That's that's a shallow lead. You know, that's wide and narrow. Mm -hmm. And when you go, I love how you said 10 interviews because that tells me that's tangible. It's a smart goal. It's measurable and all the attainables. So kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it it can be overwhelming when it's a conference event where there are all these different sessions and talks that you can go to and you can choose this track or that track or you can go over here and do the coffee break or you can do the yoga or you can do and there's so much to do and you only have so much time and it's like, (laughs) when do we have time to just talk to people? (laughs) You know, one day on one of your segments, I would love to talk about how you can read your audience when they approach you and understand how to communicate to them, what I call in the bird language. That's another subject. Mm -hmm. I teach Mm -hmm. that for all my exhibitors and my clients and my staff because that interaction and that dialogue is so critical in today's environment, especially on the phone or on Zoom or anything like this that we're doing today, is you have to figure out how to read your audience and how to communicate in how they want to be communicated with, not Mm -hmm. how we communicate all the time. That's right. So anytime, uh, here's an open offer. Anytime you want to come on our show and do one of your master classes, your uh, all you have to do is tell me, and it'll happen. Okay. Uh, but well, of course, I think that you're going to have going to have her own yeah, show. Yes, so, I am. Thanks to you all, partnership. Uh, we're supporting sort of a DJ's uh, episode with today. her own programming, <laughs> and uh, so we expect that between interviews, uh, you'll have the opportunity to have her present some of what I would call her master classes because to the best of my knowledge, there is no one better. And she's a paid speaker. uh, So if you get to see these for free, you know, Hey, consider you have saved (laughs) $50. Uh, So DJ, uh, before we, we start wrapping up, was there anything else that you wanted to add uh, before we start wrapping up and go to your, uh, something that you wanted to offer uh, the audience? I would. And this is a little off trade show topic, but what I've learned myself and that I've done a really good job on in the last year is each one of you, I challenge you to understand the persona of your target audience. I see a lot of companies, especially small businesses that try to market and say, anyone's my customer. And Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily true. And I know we have six industries that we do really well in our target audience, our segment. And then I look at the personas in each of the audience and I'm going to, you know, play around with you, Toby and Shelly for a second Uh is I have two personas I've developed lately. And one is called career focused Susan. That's my GSA customer and what she does and what she likes and what her preferences are. And I've really narrowed down because I can learn how to market to that person in the GSA. Okay. Another one I have is um, CEO Tim and he owns a business with less than 50 employees and uh, he's struggling in trying to get his message out to people and he's adventurous and he's a risk taker, but he doesn't trust easily. And If you know these things about your target audience and you can not only take your industry and segment it that way, because we have to learn to market 
in niche marketing, not just one message fits all. So Mm -hmm. that's what I would leave each one of you with today is define your target audience, break it down into demographic personas, and then communicate as if you were in that persona. How would you want to be communicated with? Would you want one message that fits all? Or would you want something that resonates with you to want to go talk to that company and buy? So those are the things I would leave for today. So that's interesting because uh, I, I've never thought of a, uh, about uh, I've never thought about it in quite that way. But there is a natural part of every good salesperson that effectively does that yep. uh, when they're communicating with a prospect or a suspect or a prospect. Uh, but to encapsulate it like there is exactly premeditation, yep. uh, I think is an outstanding idea and is probably worth one of your master classes. <laughs> So I do have uh, our good friend, Goodell Khan. Uh, I know that uh, Goodell Khan uh, in in IRL is in the hardware industry. And he says, I will sign up for the newsletter. Thanks. I am interested. Good. Uh, You hear from him. um, uh, You can let us know. His name is Eugene. Eugene. (laughs) (laughs) So the other thing that I wanted to do was... I'm going to show your contact page. Why don't you tell us what uh, okay. folks can expect there? I'm going to post the uh, link to that right now. And uh, let's show the site and you can tell us about it. Okay. Well, I'm working with my code team now. So we will have a uh, resource page with white papers. So this is our contact us page. And this is what I would ask each one of you, if you're interested in anything I had to say, or you want to learn more information or sign up for a mastermind, do me a favor, go to the contact us page. And in the notes section, just put um, interested in your white paper exhibitor checklist, because that's a timeline that helps you stay organized when you're going to go exhibit back to hybrid or virtual or even in-person events. It gives you a great timeline to some things to think about. The second thing is if you want to sign up for a mastermind, on our homepage, you can sign up for our newsletter. If you would do that, and if you're national, sign up for the national one. Or if you're New Mexico, sign up for the New Mexico one. We don't sell any lists. We keep everything private. We only uh, ping about twice a month, and it's usually on our mastermind or education. And I write month. I also write weekly blogs for education in marketing and trade show. If you go to our website at the top and you click on the blogs, check them out sometime. I'd love to hear comments or anything like that. Because remember, it's all about communicating and educating to grow your business and to get other one other people to notice what you're doing. And, you know, I just, I really want to help small businesses grow and get past the COVID and start thriving again. And I think I mentioned that I, in my opinion, I feel like um, exhibits, uh, DJ's website is probably uh, one that exemplifies what your website should look like uh, in this day and age. There's a lot of interaction. There's a lot of response mechanisms. There's a lot of getting you involved right away. And I think by going there now, using the contact list, mentioning the white paper uh, or any or anything else that you'd you like to do. Uh, listening on the podcast, that would be exhib-it.com. Exhib-it.com. So go there and uh, you can just search around that website for all that great information. And we'll put all these links in the uh, description box on our video and the show notes for the uh, audio version. That's right. right. Any last words? 
Um, Shelly. Any last words? So I, I just enjoy so much going back over the past, I don't know, six, seven, eight years and looking at my Facebook photos. I was doing that yeah. this week, in fact, and seeing all the times that we participated in the exhibit B2B. Uh, the time that we interviewed you on Breakfast at Lindy's, how many oh, years yeah. ago? Oh, <laughs> so we have been together for yeah. so long, and it's just wonderful to to get to interact with you um, and to work with you. So we're very excited about moving forward on your show, yeah. and uh, we are definitely going to be sharing that with all of our audience as well. So. Uh, that is just um, all I had to say about that. And we do want to thank you for being here today and sharing all of your wisdom with our audience. Well, thank you for inviting me. And, you know, like minds always stay together and work together. So it's a great collaborative force. Thank I, you. I agree with you. We get a lot of energy out of our uh, business relationship with you and your company. And we really love working with you. And we're excited when you uh, concluded that you want to have your own programming like this. I think it'll yep. be great for you. All right. Uh, DJ, thanks for being on and we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, Sarah, goodbyes. <laughs> thanks for being here with us today. <laughs> we will uh, get back to our series next week, unless we have another interview. Uh, and uh, we will talk about, I don't know what oh, we're talking chapter about. Five. Chapter I five. Can't remember what it was. <laughs> chapter five. All right. But join us next week for another interesting show. That's right.